As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show presented by Sling. I am uh, I'm home. Ari is in the Lake Tahoe office for the week, uh, but we, Ari, we've got news. Like, I, I think this is going to be how it's going to go until those first games kick off a week from Saturday, but it's time for stuff to start happening in college football where we're getting quarterback decisions or at least pieces of quarterback decisions. We're getting, you know, position battles. If there, if there were any going into camp, they're starting to resolve themselves and uh, we got a big piece of news out of Baton Rouge on Monday. Miles Brennan giving up football. He is not going to win the LSU starting job. It's going to be Jaden Daniels or Garrett Nussmeyer. Uh, and and we got a special guest, Ari. Brody Miller, our LSU beat writer, and, and his mustache are joining us. What's going on, guys? How are you? What's up, Brody? Look at this. You just appear from Baton Rouge as if by magic. Yes. I'm actually in New Orleans, but that detail oh. is not important. But Very still, nice. yes. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't speeding, officer. I don't think it's cop vibes. I don't think so. Huge I think, cop vibes. You know, I people look at me and they think like, "Oh, is that Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood?" I think <laughs> that's <laughs> the vibe I'm giving off. Really. I was just like, "Please don't write me a ticket." I'm like, my insurance is already through the roof, and I'm trying. It's like five years. Uh, that that stays on your record, everyone. I don't know if you know that. And I had a pretty bad run a few month, uh, a few years ago, and I'm still paying for it. So Brody, run of what? Uh, run of no, no, run of bad speed. I got a tickets. bunch of speeding tickets. Oh, one time I was driving Sorry. to Cleveland from Columbus, and I got pulled over on the way up by a cop in a speeding zone. And on the way back, two days later, the same cop pulled me over in the same zone. Did he just laugh? He's yeah. just like you again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, me again. So here's my Brody, thing with speeding: it's like changing your drive by like two minutes, like overall. Like yeah, it's not changing anything. Brody, yeah, no, ba- it's like we are a bad thing. at math podcast that yeah, requires us to do fair. math. So and, I am and like average. I don't want anybody to take this as like Ari thinks he's a badass because he drives his car fast. <laughs> no. I think it's more so Ari's an idiot because he was driving twelve over instead of seven over. Like I that got a lot is, of really yeah, bad tickets. Fair. Yes. I got hit fair. in uh if you drive from Phoenix to Vegas as much as I have, uh they they design it to mess with you. And I am just never paying attention and I've been paying a lot of money for it. So anyway, that's uh and then you win it all at Vegas. So it's all good. Yeah, then I got it all back in Vegas. Yeah. The the extra two hundred bucks a month I'm spending to to insure my car. It's been great. So Brody Brody's mustache <laughs> triggering Ari. 
But there is a lot of news to talk about because Miles Brennan walking away from football. You got a great story in The Athletic about Brennan himself and, and just kind of what his career has been like. Because it's a this is a strange deal. This was Joe Burrow's backup, Joe Burrow's heir apparent. He starts 2020. He's putting up huge numbers. He gets hurt, and it just never works out again. And what makes it even weirder is Miles Brennan was the like if to, to add one more layer of sadness for lack of a better word to the story is Miles Brennan was the heir apparent. You know, LSU, as you all know, was never a school that got the big name quarterback. They mm-hmm. never did. And at Ogeron, well, Les Miles and at Ogeron got him. And he was the whole thing was he was going to be LSU was going to modernize. Mac Canada was coming in. Yikes. And and it was going to be, you know, he was going to be the <laughs> face like of all years ago. I know, right? <laughs> and and to have so then he's year two burrow comes in that i wouldn't call it a bad break but you know you're waiting two years then a freak abdominal he's playing you said playing pretty well 370 yards a game wasn't the reason they were losing those games at least and he has an abdominal injury that is so like freakish that the doctors were like we could name the surgery after you and he misses that whole year then he's going into a quarterback competition his final year and again you cannot make this up breaks his arm in a flip-flop incident on a fishing trip. So it's like God did not want him to be LSU's starting quarterback. I mean, that's horrible to say. But And then this year, they bring they talk him into coming back. It's like, you know, Brian Kelly's like, be my veteran quarterback. I think it was fair for all of us to assume this is his job, right? And then they bring in Jaden Daniels, and Garrett Nussmeyer impresses a lot of people, and suddenly he is – third place in that quarterback competition and i think he just reached a point i don't think he was like pouting you know i think he was just kind of like man it's year six like i think i'm just gonna get on with my life you know do some yeah. fishing and hunting well, let's let's not forget what his last name is and yes. so you're in you're in new orleans right now those of you who've been to new orleans and eaten steak you know what that last name means yep yes the brennan's restaurant empire obviously so many bars restaurants under that umbrella i mean that name is like royalty here i mean the his great his grandfather maybe great grandfather was the founder of the crew of bacchus which is like one of the og main mardi gras like our carnival parades you know so that family is a lot here and and i think he didn't want to leave i mean we you couldn't have blamed him for leaving in 18 when burrow came 19 when it was clear burrow was the guy uh 21 when it looked like he was going to be in that battle and definitely not this year he could have left every time and I think part of it was a long-term girlfriend in LSU, but part of it was just like he loves LSU and he didn't want to leave. So it's kind of like the anti-transfer portal story, but I guess it's a bad example because it's kind of how it can go wrong. So it's well, I think actually too, Brody. It's kind of interesting that you say that because everybody views college football's experience um, based on who puts up a bunch of numbers, who starts, who wins games, who gets drafted. But like he had a hell of an experience. You know, that even is a though good it, way of looking at you it, you know, yeah. and it's like I don't know, you know, if he was ever going to be good enough. Maybe if he didn't get injured in all those weird ways that you just mentioned to to be a first round draft pick or to play in the NFL for a few years. But you know, Miles Brennan didn't waste his time there. I mean, he was on a national championship team. He he played a lot of games and you know had a great experience. And I think that there should be a um, you know a story of just like, hey, you know what, this guy's. Got, I mean, he's got a better college experience than all the we do, probably. Maybe not Andy, because Andy was the king of Florida. Yeah, it's good. But, we have the uh, same number of national championship rings, but yes. I think he he was a lot more important to his team than I was. No, I know, yeah. but it's just like I feel like a lot of people are just like, well, it just wasn't going to work out for him. It's like, well, 
It worked out better for him than a lot of people, you know. He still got to be like a popular dude on campus. Everybody yeah. knew his name, met his future wife, still got to go fishing and hunting whenever he wanted. That is a refreshing outlook, actually. I love that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. But just and I'm I, usually not the role on this podcast. I'm usually the say, this is I'm usually the, the 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 person that everyone's like, why does he why does he have to say those negative things? You but, are normally the absolutist, and today yes. you are like, yes. no man. Yeah, it's the like ride. there are a lot of people on earth that I feel worse for than Miles Brennan. Touche, my dude. Touche. Yeah. Well, and, and and what a what a life when you think about it. Yeah. What yeah. a college experience. You're, Ari's exactly right, and it's I, I I'm kicking myself for going through this entire day without thinking about it that way. Like yeah. now I now I think I need to to reframe my lens here. But you're I feel right. like if we only think that way, we'll be really bad sports writers where our take on everything is just like, yeah, but it's fine, man. Like, everything's <laughs> yeah. good. And it's We're just a terrible like, podcast. Write a column. I'm going sure. to write a, po- a column. Nothing's wrong ever at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Notre Dame was three and nine. I don't know, man, but he got paid a lot. Like, yeah, and they also got to play in a historic stadium. And how about that NBC deal? There's worse things. <laughs> yeah, we'd be terrible. Yeah. All right. So. That means, though, that the quarterback competition is probably down to two people. Jaden Daniels, who transferred from Arizona State, and we're all like, what? Okay, he's transferring. We get that. But he's going to LSU. And Garrett Nussmeyer, son of Cowboys quarterbacks coach Doug Nussmeyer, former Michigan, Alabama, Florida offensive coordinator Doug Nussmeyer. Brody handicapped that for us now. Yeah. It's it's tough because you try not to be too prisoner of the moment, right? I think what even kind of signaled that this Brennan thing could even happen was the fact that when Garrett Nussmeyer kind of banged up his ankle, missed like two practices, he was fine. Jane Daniels took all of the first team reps, every single one. And I think there's a lot of people that are kind of running with like, well, now it's Jaden Daniels. And it might be. I mean, there's a lot of think Brian Kelly history that points to it might be. But I think Garrett Nussmeyer is really in this. You talk to a lot of people in that building and they'll say, he has that it factor. He's a special talent. He does a lot of really great things. I mean, he was a great prospect. He's probably the best like natural thrower of any of those quarterbacks we've even mentioned. And, and he's not immobile. He can run around. But at the same time, Jaden Daniels has won. I think he's really progressed as a passer. I mean, I saw him in spring and you leave a practice being like, that guy is inaccurate. That is not going to work out. I don't think he's going to go out there and beat Joe Burrow in the pocket. But he looks more composed than he did in April. You you see him make a read in a cra- in a in a chaotic defense, and he'll make a quick decision in the, in traffic and whatnot. And you can't just like yada yada his running ability. I mean, it is special. It is actually like an elite ability, and and it does seem like that's been a clear thing. Brian Kelly would like more mobility in that quarterback position. There, I think they are going to get RPO heavy. I mean, this might be speculating too much, but also even the way they're constructing their O line, it's kind of like a a very mauler, heavy, big 320-pound dude, kind of, you know, one of those low lines is like five guards, that kind of thing. Like Notre punch- Dame's offensive line. Touche. Well, yeah, well, I, I say that. I mean, they've had some prototype left tackles, too. Ronnie yeah. Stanley certainly yes. was one. But Zach Martin played left tackle and then became one of the best guards to ever play in the NFL. That's a really good point. And they do have their, like, like Will Campbell at left tackle, the five-star freshman. He's like a true left tackle. Everyone else, though, yeah, it's a great point. And, and it kind of makes you wonder, like, is that intentional? It might just be the best five, right? But is that intentional that they kind of want this kind of run-heavy O-line that's going to punch you in the mouth, set up RPOs, all those kind of things? A lot of stuff that they're doing kind of makes you think it's it's Shane Daniels. And I think Ty probably goes to Jane Daniels, hypothetically, if there were a Ty. He's the transfer. He has three years of starting experience. And then the most exhausting part of all of this 
is there are very few coaches I can think of that have more history of the opening day quarterback meaning less than Brian Kelly. I mean, <laughs> this is true. he split halves on opening day. He's benched a guy one weekend. There's so much. There's plenty of two quarterback systems. So there's like kind of a working theory in Baton Rouge at times that it's actually going to be Daniels early and then Nussmeyer in a few weeks if it doesn't look great. You know, he, he's always pushed. I Pete Sam, this is Pete Sampson's term, our great Notre Dame reporter, uh, basically saying like he will just do whatever he has to do to push buttons at all times to get the best performance. So I don't think this is going to be over on September 4th regardless, but you asked me to handicap it. It's like I think there's an argument that Garrett Nussmeyer might be the best quarterback. Jaden Daniels might make the most sense, but I think it's still pretty contested. Brody, where did where did Jaden Daniels go to high school? Do you know off the top of your head? Man, I'm a bad I'm not reporter. trying to put you on the spot on, on the oh. spot, but I just because oh, I know what it is. He, he's a Southern California guy. Was, you yeah. know, you knew where he was, but the high school names are hard to remember. I didn't mean to put you on the spot and, there, uh, but it's it's it looks Cajon. like it's Cajun High School, San, but it's did he go to Cajun High School? It's Cajun. It San is Bernardino. Cajun. No, I think it's Cajon. I don't Cajon. know. Oh, we're calling it Cajun, but yeah. we're gonna call it Cajun. That's amazing. Um, but I, that's why I just thought maybe that was like a running joke down there. But I have a, I have a question though. It's like, I are these it. players like I, that? What what you just said? Kind of like you know they can you know shuffle some guys in or, or do whatever down the line to, to get Nussmeyer ready. But is there a style problem? Because we all saw the Pac-12 version of Jaden Daniels, and we've seen some transfers come in at the quarterback position at LSU and have pretty good careers afterward. Um, but like, can you can you kind of quantify like how that how would that look? You know, I mean, if you were to do that, does Nussmeyer got more athleticism than people give him credit for? I mean, if you you get what I'm saying. I do. I think I think I do. Yeah, I think they are both <laughs> runners. <laughs> I think they both are very mobile. Like Nussmeyer, if anything, as a freshman, like his frustration from staff members was like he just wants to be Johnny Manziel every play. And I think he kind of had to rein in like, hey, man, sometimes hang in the pocket. Is he a literally designed run plays for a guy like Jane Daniels? No, I, I don't think so. But he is absolutely a run around, very nimble quick guy but no that's that's a really interesting question when i don't know if i have a great answer for and it's probably something i'll ask brian kelly this week honestly is, is just kind we'll of just yeah like credit on that story okay i, I will yeah you <laughs> know, at least the, at least the bottom of the story yeah uh yeah like because if jane daniels you do kind of imagine not gimmicky i don't want to say that but a little more gadgety like rpo heavy well running around around like desmond yeah. ritter where Mike Denbrock, who point. Mike Denbrock was working with at Cincinnati, I mean, I, that they're not identical. Ritter was certainly a, a better quarterback in in 2021 yeah. than than Jane Daniels was. It, it's it's fascinating to me because I got I had a reader send me down this Emory Jones rabbit hole with with <laughs> my with my mailbag the other day where he's like, you know, Will Levis's stats and Emory Jones stats are identical, and and so I. We were, Ari and I were doing something that we'll actually talk about a little later in the show, but I've wound up comparing Jaden Daniels' stats and Emory Jones' stats from last yeah. year. Also, almost identical <laughs> in terms Maybe of the, you know yards per just, attempt and, and efficiency. Okay. It's okay, it, no. it's it's crazy, and I, and and they actually do. They, they're physically similar. Their throwing yeah. styles look similar. Their body types are similar. Uh, they, they're both pretty fast. So it, it's crazy to me to think that. So. Uh, congratulations, LSU. You may, you may have gotten Emory Jones. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, 
Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, here's the thing, too. It's like back when I was a kid, I was a Browns fan. Nice. And I always liked really great uh, upbringing for for good football memories. But um, there was always this debate of like if Tim Couch would have gotten drafted by another team that wasn't a complete disaster, would he have been awesome in the NFL? Because he had all the all the tools, you know, to, to be great. It's like if you put him in the in the Patriot system, could he be like Tom Brady right now instead of just out of the league in five years? But like the thing that is most exciting to me is that, and this isn't disparaging. Well, it is disparaging ASU. They don't have a ton of talent yeah. on their team, and there were a lot of really exciting, unbelievable plays that that guy made over the course of the past few years that made ASU fun to watch. And I am always intrigued by the idea of putting a player who was individually a great talent. What was he? Mm-hmm. A top forty player out of high school. Well, and um, he was better when he had better players around. That's what I was going to so say. So like you put like, him on you a know, team Benjamin where you have a five star certainly helped five-star right tackle or whatever and you know running backs and, and receivers that are just freaky athletic that just literally not only don't exist at at asu but really aren't that prevalent in the, in the pac-12 as, as a whole like is this guy going to come out and have a joe burrow year and i mean not that that drastic but like a a first year well actually burrow's first year as a as lsu starting quarterback wasn't great but Jaden Daniels, I it think, has terrible. Didn't they win like I know ten or eleven? It's the games? biggest misnomer that Joe Burrow was like bad. He was just above average. No, yeah, not that, not like, bad. But I'm saying like he came out and was a yeah. good a good quarterback. He wasn't the second year. Uh, no, Jaden Daniels was, is probably a decent like success level comp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, nobody knew that Joe Burrow would be the greatest quarterback in college yeah. football history there. But like, could he just come out there and just be awesome? No, I I think this is really interesting because. You could go down exhausting rabbit holes of debating Jaden Daniels' three years. Because, yeah, like Andy said, year one made a good O-line and a loaded receiver room. And he looked like a guy that people were like, he's a Heisman candidate in, 29, in 2020. And then 2020, 2020 and 2021, a lot of 20s. Um, O-line was really troubled. Didn't really have guys to throw to. And it became this chicken or the egg thing of, okay, he's taking off running way too fast. Is that him, make, like, to your point, is that him making up for a disaster around him? Or can you spin it as he is only good when you give him a situation where he can thrive because all the pieces are in place? Kind of like the old like every you know Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay's quarterbacks debate you get into. And I think you're right. What's going to be interesting though is again, you know, at LSU, I don't think this O line is going to be some dominant strength, especially in an SEC. I think it's going to be okay. I don't think it's going to be inherently great compared to you know in scale his Arizona State O lines, but He's going to have an unreal receiver room, which could make his life incredibly easy, where you have Kayshawn Butte, Malik Neighbors, Jack Besh, Jerry Jenkins. I mean, just goes on and on at receiver. Yeah, that's going to make his life easier. And the thing that a bunch of LSU staffers kept pointing out when this happened, I think they might be making too much of this, but it's interesting. 
he basically only had a full-time quarterback coach one year, and that was 2019 when he was a freshman. The rest, it was like the OC doing everything. Plus, they had all those weird staff issues going on, and it was pandemic. And they're like, having Joe Sloan, a real QB coach, is going to get more out of him. I am not suggesting that like you should believe that theory, but to your point, I think there are a lot of things that could make you believe he will be better in a more talented system. Well, and, and uh, I'll, I'll back you up there. I, I did say 2019, he had some talent. So his number one back was Eno Benjamin. Yep. His top two receivers were Brandon Ayoka, first rounder, and and Frank Darby. So very productive. Not not just good, but some special type players. Yeah. And that's that's what Boutte is. I mean that that's what he's got now. So we'll see. But uh, I do want to ask Jason in the in the live chat on the YouTube stream asked if Nussmeyer would consider transferring if Daniels is named the starter. Where? he is now in year two. Yeah. So is that, is that in play? Totally. It should be considered in the era we're in in play, but everyone I have talked to is basically insinuated. And even talking to people around us, family, he gets it. Like he understands this is only year two. It's not like he'd be leaving to go start somewhere right away right now, just because the context of the situation. So like, why leave? Why not? Yeah, you just- don't like not, not now, now, but, Maybe yeah, exactly. But the yeah. next year, it's kind of a no-brainer that it's going to be Nussmeyer versus Walker Howard, and you would assume Nussmeyer has the the leg up there. What I've gathered is I don't think he'd leave. I think he understands the context. Plus, to our point, I think both quarterbacks are going to play, but you'd be naive not to to worry about that because that's just the era we're in. Can so, I, go ahead, go ahead. Andy. No, you go ahead. Oh, Ari. thank you. Well, your name's on the show. You always get the you you get the right away. But I appreciate you letting me go. Um. I know that I just got done having like the nicest viewpoint of what happened with Brennan. Get back, revert back to the mean baby. But like I've been like kind of, <laughs> kind of like stewing a little bit, and I'm just gonna say it. Like, is it messed up that Brian Kelly worked so hard to get him to come back or to stay? Like after all that, it's like okay, he's gonna transfer. No, he, maybe he didn't want to go. Question. But it's like then he he just like wants to leave and like go find a place to play. And they're like, oh, it's like the the Brian, Brian thing, Kelly oh, collected some pieces. Now he was yeah. collecting some pieces. Like he and wanted then, like, some Jake, options. It's just like, yeah, kind of, no, was I it mean, just messed up a little or like, it's like, I don't want to answer that. You know what I mean? Like, but, <laughs> and I, I will also leave with that. I don't know every detail of that conversation. Yeah, no, you know what I mean? Did, yeah. Like the fact that Brennan's decision right now is just to be like, I'm going to quit football. Like, you know, I'm just done. Makes you understand. Like maybe, maybe there was more context. Maybe, yeah. to like maybe I didn't want to go be Southern Mrs. Quarterback. I'd rather give one last shot at my alma mater that I love. Like, I don't want to put this on Brian Kelly because that would be really unfair. But there is a version of this totally that we can be like, that's kind of evil. But I don't know. Back in my back in my 20s when I was in the height of the Ari Wasserman Tinder days, some girl like texted me um, like on a Tuesday and she's like, hey, you want to go out? Like, and it was a girl I had already gone out with before and like was way out of my league. And I was like, hell yeah, I want to go out. She goes, how about Thursday? And then I was like, okay, let's go out on Thursday. And then Thursday came, and I said, where are we going tonight? She completely ghosted me. And then I saw on Instagram she was out with another dude on Thursday night. It's like, why did you text me? Options. Accident? Uh, Options. Maybe I was just like an option. But like, it's like, why did you? I I wasn't even the one that that like. So I wasn't the this aggressor. is the Brian Kelly Brian tender people, yeah. so I, right? I didn't know I was she dating threw, Brian she Kelly. She threw out three texts, probably got three yeses, and just decided which one she liked the best. But like, all right, I will. Say, you're taking me for Martinez. Visionary. She I did is, not. I did not quit the game, though. I stayed. I stayed into the game. 
And well, and you course. won. I don't know. Did you? I don't know. No, I didn't find. Did. Well, no, I actually. I don't know where you I, I, I'm pretty sure Miles Miles Brennan's better at that game than you too. No, no, Miles Brennan absolutely <laughs> is better than me at that. No, 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 no. I'm saying he probably had a better you know outlet for him because I stayed in the game. It ate me alive, and then I found my wife the natural way. Miles Brennan's like I. I he made the right decision for himself, and I envy him. If that came out as me like making fun of him, please. No, no it did not. I'm just no, no. I'm just saying like he. I'm he, trying to find more ways to get Tinder stories out of you. That's all my. I've got a lot, right bud. Now. I've got a lot, but we, I don't want to like get them all out at you once. Gotta, you got to parcel them out slowly. <laughs> all right, bro, Brody. Yes. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you options here. Okay. You are welcome to hang. You have. You have Thanks, enlightened us. Uh, we are going to be talking about your alma mater shortly. Just, just gonna tease you with that there. So you're welcome to hang, but we, we, we got to take a break, pay do some do bills. That? Do they do that? Uh, they teach you it like at your orientation, but then I've never seen anyone actually this do is, it. They're, hey, they're trying Andy, to I don't do the to, IU thing because Brody went to Indiana. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't mean to uh, to blow up your spot here, Andy, but I want to ask him one more question before we give him the option of leaving. Because I don't do. want. Uh, please do, please do. I just feel like I'd be like overextending my welcome. No, you're good. This is going to be a good one. Uh, does Brian Kelly fit in down there? Like, what's it been like? I mean, I know everybody was making fun of the accent. Just one and all of the family. Yeah, my family and all that it's stuff. The like, number one question. Yeah, I just like want to know, like, what's it like with uh, with Mister Notre Dame walking around Louisiana as the head coach there? I think the actual answer is it just doesn't really come up, like whether he fits in. Like, he's kind of a guy who does his own thing in a lot of ways. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, like, it's going. I think you talk to any player, they'll tell you like he is just much more personable than like you're led to believe. I think he's more personal than I was led to believe. So yeah. like, I think, yeah, he's getting along perfectly fine. I mean, like, I think, do I think he's at Ogeron where it's like that guy is the king of Baton Rouge to some extent or yeah. South Louisiana as a whole? No, of course not. But like people like him. And I think there's just more of like, a, especially talking to a lot of fans, it's this weird in between level of like, they trust him, but they're not like giddy about Brian Kelly, you know, just yeah. be- and that's not like, I don't think anyone's like Brian Kelly's not a good coach. It's just this weird in between zone of just like, yeah. I know he's going to do pretty well. I, I don't know if he's going to go win four yeah. titles. Yeah. Or anything like that. But yeah, I think he's fitting. In the man has made me cringe three times since he's gotten the job. Yeah. Wait, the family, the yep. dance, the dance. What's the third? And that there were two dances. That bullshit that he did at the at the press conference where he goes, "Hey, it's good to see everybody," and then nobody responded. He goes, "It's good to see everybody." Like we were at like uh, uh that like I was like, if I were in that room, I'd be like, "Oh God!" Like just like like, water, like you're one of those life on coach on seminars. Yeah, it's like the, what are we doing? It's like I didn't pay ten dollars on in on a Sunday. Figure out how to how to make nine million dollars a month on uh, opening up my own Amazon store. I'm just here to ask some questions. He's definitely about- been. <laughs> He's definitely been in trying uh, a little bit of like a PR tour of like reminding yeah. everybody he is. What did you do when there. he did that? Did you go, hey, Brian Kelly, or did you just stay quiet? It's kind of like a chuckle. Like, ha okay, you know, okay, like, good. Yeah, I was going to judge yeah. you if you're like, hey, hey, coach. Hey. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I did J- not do that. Jason, Jason with the uh, the ultimate here. Ooh, we haven't gotten a meow out of, out of Brody yet. I didn't get a meow out of this guy. Meow. You know how fast you're going, meow? You've never seen Super Troopers, have you? I have, but I don't remember that joke. I you apologize. don't remember the meow? Oh, good oh, lord! It's been a few years. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't defend myself. I'm just like yeah, unbelievable. Ari Ari has right. offended the LSU fan base, which I'm here for. Let's oh, let's go. I, was I offensive? Yes, I, I, because I, you were mean I, to Brian Kelly. 
I I feel like people would be more upset if I were like the guy can't Here's win games or he sucks. I just like don't like the way he did a few things. On the list of coaches who probably care that they're getting made fun of, I think Brian Kelly's pretty low. Yeah, and he's got a hundred million dollars. I don't think he really cares. I didn't he even cares make fun of him. Least. I just yeah, uh, sell me this pen. Like I don't, you know, I'm not at a, at a selling <laughs> seminar. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brody. It has been a blast. Thank you so much. All right, now we have to give hope to the hopeless. You ready to do this? Yes. You you, uh, you were really uh, the king of giving me hope in my life. So uh, if you could do that for me, then I well, can't I, I don't want to be the... like that that one Tinder lady who, who threw out the, Andy, hey, want to hang. Hey, you and texted it was me two days ago. You said, hey, Apparently you it wasn't pop- a committable offer. You said you texted me on Saturday. Hey, you free to podcast on Monday? And I said, "Sure am." And what are we doing? Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So, you didn't bail. You're not podcasting with Brody alone. That, that's that's exactly right. So yeah. we have we have a column coming out, a combo column together on Tuesday at the Athletic, where we try to give some hope to the hopeless. Because I will say, it does feel like this year there is more hope than ever across the fan bases of college football. There is more hope there. Because of the transfer portal, because rosters can be changed so quickly, there are a lot of teams and fan bases that are like, yeah, things are going to be better this year. Or things are going to keep going well if you're Georgia, if you're Alabama, if you're those Ohio State. But there are some programs that just have not been so fortunate in the offseason. And we've got to give some hope to those people. And and that's what... Going back to last season, this offseason, we, we mentioned Arizona State. And, and I think I've already kind of worked on that. You lose Jaden Daniels. You lost a lot more than that. The, they, they had a, a mass exodus through the transfer portal, the NCAA issues, you name it. But the Emory Jones thing could be very helpful to them. This is a guy mm-hmm. who's played some very good defenses, put up, again, like I said, similar numbers to what Jaden Daniels put up last year, but against much better defenses. Yeah, and I'll tell you guys one thing. I mean, I saw Emory Jones throw because uh, he was committed to Ohio State when I was on the Ohio State beat, and I stood, you know, two feet behind him when he was 17 years old while he was throwing passes. And that guy has a rocket arm. I mean, like he, you know, and I can only imagine how much better it is now a few years later having played in the SEC and gone through those those weight training programs. And, you know, if you have a quarterback that's that's got that arm – and the athleticism that he has, you know, you have a shot. Now, you know, you lose Jaden Daniels, you replace him with Emory Jones. It's kind of like, I mean, I guess on the surface, it could seem like you, you're just kind of breaking even there a little bit, but you never know. I mean, Bre- for sure. But breaking even is better than what they could have expected yeah. a few months ago before, before Jones decided to come because they weren't going to break even. They had everybody going. It was all flowing out. And like Ricky Pierce saw the receiver, he winds up at Emory Jones's old school, Florida. Uh, but th- they had they had a massive outflow. They needed something coming in. They got it. Let's stay in the state of Arizona. Let's go to but your we, alma mater. Can we just say one more thing about Arizona State sure, before we go, go to the? For it. Which Absolutely. is probably true for both. But like the thing that is the most hopeful and may probably the most frustrating thing for Arizona State is that it's all right there. Like the blueprint and the thought process of how they could ever be good or how they could ever be a national championship contender, like you can just like look at it and visualize it. Like if you are a, a fan of a certain school that's out in the middle of nowhere, you're not near players or it's hard to get people to, or you play in a bad conference. I mean, there are far more hopeless places than Arizona state. And in one day they, they kind of figured it out there in the late nineties for a few years, but if they could just figure it out, 
I think that they could be one of the five sleeping giants in college football, which there, would be a good is, podcast episode. Exactly. It, hey, well, North Carolina is the original sleeping giant. That's yeah, so, yeah. And Texas A and M is the other one. Yeah, I've got so. a few other ones that are actually sound ridiculous, but you could actually make cases for too. Like I think Rutgers could be a sleeping giant. Or maybe people think that's impossible, but what about Maryland and all that Under Armour money? Well, right, yeah, Rutgers and Maryland like, are, are both, and, and it's interesting, Rutgers is not in this column, and neither is Oregon State, and I think the the omission of them is hope in and of itself. Right. Like, Jonathan Smith has done such a great job at Oregon State. They're so competitive now compared to what they used to be, and then the, the improvement at Rutgers under Greg Schiano is very clear. He understands the blueprint of winning there, get good players from Jersey to stay home, it works. So I, I and that's it, it's in in the intro to the column. Like you're going to be surprised not to see Oregon State and Rutgers here, but I don't think they need this. And the funniest thing about Oregon State is that I would probably put them in the category of absolutely hopeless five years ago. Yeah, which goes to show you that nobody's actually hopeless. I mean, if exactly. Washington State can can find a way into the uh, playoff rankings in four or five weeks in a row during that time. Um, you know that Washington State fired their coach in the middle of the season last year, not because of anything that was going on on the field, and yeah. still won games. Because Jake Dicker did an incredible job as the interim. And, I mean, and I, had no, the, I, I had no idea. I had no idea how close that Washington State was actually to uh, Idaho. Eight miles. Eight like, miles. I thought that Poland Washington Moscow, State. Idaho. You know how far away that is, like from any football talent. And the fact of the matter is that they might be one of the most exciting teams in college football to watch this year. It's like yep. if they can do it, like Syracuse can do it, right? Oregon State can do it. Who's actually hopeless in this world? Vanderbilt. I don't know. They got a really smart uh, recruiting coordinator who went to Yale. Barton Simmons. Absolutely. And they he got a really he, smart he, head coach who went to Vanderbilt. Clark yeah, Lee. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't think that they're hopeless, especially in f- when they start getting that SEC money raining on, on them when there's two super conferences. Yeah, but all the other SEC teams are getting it, too. No, I know. But at least they're in the <laughs> bus. That's, Would that's you rather go on a field trip with everybody? Would you rather be on the bus? You might be sitting in the bad seat, uh, you know, the hottest part of the bus. But at least you're on the bus. Well, not getting I, so dropped off by your mom. I had a couple ideas for Vandy. We'll, we'll save the main idea if you want to read it in the column, but it involves uh, Nashville's greatest culinary delicacy. But another another idea I had for Vandy that may result in criminal charges if they try to do it, but I do think it might work, <laughs> is basically you pay off you know multiple bachelorette parties to kidnap people from the visiting team and just like s- stuff them in a pedicab or stuff that you know it's grab Lane Kiffin because Ole Miss does play there this year. And and stuff him in the party the party track or the party wagon or whatever. They have the thing where the giant tractor pulls the the party barge. Like yeah, just tie Lane Kiffin to the bench in there, and and don't let him get to the stadium. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good idea. I, mean, I don't think it would be as hard for a bachelorette party to to kidnap to pull that off college players than it would be for like just normal kidnappers. And and it's Nashville Friday night. There are so many bachelorette parties. Yeah, and don't don't do anything like like violent to them. Just take them out no. and have a good time. Entertain them. <laughs> yeah, but they'll be fine. Yeah, and you have not lived. I, I remember I was my first time in Nashville after all of that stuff blew up when it when it became kind of the bachelorette party capital of America. <laughs> my, my enduring memory of that is walking out of my hotel on a Saturday night and seeing three generations of ladies sitting on the same step vomiting that like 
three bride, mother of the bride, grandmother bride, just letting it all out. Yeah, I uh, have had a lot of fun in my life. I've never gotten hammered with my grandparents. Um, you know, it's a missed opportunity. I feel but. like getting hammered with your dad would be a lot of fun. Yeah, my dad uh, isn't much of a drinker, but uh, when he gets going, maybe he'd be he'd be a hell of a time. He doesn't even need it. That's, no, he's, he's he's got that energy without it. Yeah, I mean, I would expose uh, text logs with my dad, but I wouldn't want to get fired. So, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's a character and, and part of the reason why I am who I am. So, you know, shout out to my dad. We'll be right back after these words. OK, so you you mentioned that nobody's truly hopeless. And I think I think Kansas is our best example of that. So little more than a year ago or a little sorry, a little little more, yeah, a little less than a year ago, you and I made a bet. Kansas was headed to Conway, South Carolina to play on the teal turf, and they were like three touchdown underdogs. And the bet was if Coastal Carolina covered, you had to eat the death chip. And Coastal Carolina did cover. I mean, like a power five team should never be a three touchdown underdog against a group, a group of five team, especially not like an American best team in the American kind of team. And that's what Kansas was. That is the situation that Lance Leipold inherited. And and look, he didn't have he didn't even have a full spring practice. The the less miles Jeff Long stuff didn't go down till later in the year. So he was he was behind the eight ball. But they scared the hell out of Oklahoma. They beat Texas. You know, Jared Casey, the walk-on fullback, catching the two-point conversion and then and then doing the Applebee's commercial where, by the way, some of the best acting of any NIL deal commercial we've seen. You always go for two and then the big wink. It was tremendous. And Kansas, like even, even the rules changes are going Kansas's way because you think about what, what has been their biggest problem. They've been in this massive scholarship hole since Charlie Weiss was the coach. And have not been able to get back to 85 scholarships. Well, now, finally, the rules have changed. Thanks to the transfer rules changing. Thanks to NIL, all of that stuff. You can flip your roster if you want to. Mm-hmm. You can bring in as many new football players per year as you want. Kansas can finally get a full roster. I mean, do you know how important that is? Huge. Just like, I mean, I, I, I would venture to say that there isn't a single college football coach out there that wouldn't be upset if he had four less scholarship players on their roster than the team that they were playing. And you think, oh, well, 81, 85 is not that big of a deal. It's absolutely a huge deal. Also, you have four chances more of actually hitting big on somebody that might have been an under-the-radar person. You know, That's exactly uh, right. You know, I mean, it's like it's a huge deal. So the thing that I'm upset about talking about Kansas is that I resent the fact that they didn't cover that game because they looked awesome after the first quarter. It was 9-7. They were covering after the third quarter, and then Coastal Carolina punched in two touchdowns in the fourth. I, the- I had faith that I was not going to have to eat that chip, and and then you you did eat the chip, and you touched your eye, and I nearly jumped out of my skin. I'm glad you didn't blind yourself. I appreciate that. Yeah, I didn't even sign a waiver. I, you know, I'm sure the athletic uh, was pretty nervous, too, of like, nobody's ever gotten injured on the job before, you know, and then this guy's eating a, a tortilla chip that, could have blinded him. Um, I was the hottest thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. You look like you were going to vomit right there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why anybody would ever do that, but I guess for the same reason that I did, being an idiot. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen, again, it is very difficult to wrap your brain around a, 
a power five team. And I realize that we're using these terms, power five and group of five, which are going to be absolutely meaningless in a few years. But a power five team being a three touchdown underdog to a group of five team, it, it is very difficult to wrap your brain around. So I, I understand where you're coming coming from. But it's it's going to be... It's going to be still tough at Kansas, but I I I don't know. They're going to win some games. And some of that is scheduled. They, they they've scheduled some wins, but I also think there's a chance they may win something in the Big 12. So like they should beat Tennessee Tech. They might beat Duke this year. You tried to give some hope to Duke. I think Kansas has more hope than Duke this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um and the thing, too, is that the level of like what hope means is different for every program, too. It's like the bar for Kansas is to Kansas to achieve their hope is so much lower than than Duke's probably. Yeah. Can you imagine if they beat Texas again? I couldn't. No, I mean, I honestly I mean, it is <laughs> I, insane because I'm of the opinion that Sark can pretty much do anything this year beyond go like two and ten. And he still keeps his job because Arch is coming. Yeah, um, the craziest thing about this whole thing, too, is that like everybody always makes fun of Texas, including me, for losing to Kansas, but they kicked the crap out of Oklahoma for a half of football. They did. Like, if you so, watch that game, like, they, they, that wasn't, uh, wow, this is like weird. Maybe Oklahoma was sleepwalking a little bit, but I mean, there was, I mean, they kicked their ass for that half. Right. And, and that is why I think there is hope at Kansas and it is possible that not only are they going to get better as they go on, I, I think Lance Leopold is the right person for that job. He's got the right temperament. He understands how to build. He's been in division. Now, he was at, it's interesting because he was at Wisconsin Whitewater. So he was at the, like an Alabama or Ohio State job in division three. But he, he went to Buffalo. I think Buffalo was an easier build than Kansas. But I do think he has the right temperament for it and understands it's going to take some time. And, and he's saying all the right things. They're not in the moral victory business, all that. I, yeah. I appreciate it. So, yeah. Ari, we got a few more programs to give some hope to. One in the American that had some news happen on Monday. And also, we got three in the Big Ten that need some hope. I think one is a little easier to predict a bounce back than the others. And don't forget about my see. alma mater, too. It is time to give some hope to your alma mater. And I think I, I saw one of those BS, like the first coach to get fired odds. And Jed Fish was on it. And I was like, did you watch anything with Arizona last year? Did you pay any attention to their recruiting class? Like, Jed Fish ain't getting fired. Yeah, I don't even know if those odds, like a lot of the times, too, it's like, those aren't even bettable bets. Like, it's just out there to get retweeted. To, to uh, You can't go and bet that Jed Fish is going to uh, get fired. And I like, if you could, I would bet anything on the reverse of that. Right. I, it, it, is it like the stock market? Can I go long on Jed Fish? Because I, I'm very confident in going long on him right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't even know if there's a, a scenario. Somebody said, I don't know if Sark is safe because Urban Meyer's working out there, but I feel like Jed Fish's job is probably even more lurking, secure than Sark's. like at the bar? Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He's, he's out there lurking, like, you know, behind the tree looking around. Uh, but, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you've done the walk, right? You know oh, what the walk is, right? I have right? done from that What's Marriott on one side of campus to the football building. Yes. It's amazing. Um, and I feel like, I don't know if you could do it because there's like a, a game to be played, but if there was a way that you could like sponsor a team walk from there to the football stadium at Golden Hour with the recruits, 
I mean, it's unbelievable. And I feel like for the first time in my entire existence as in the Arizona atmosphere, a coach actually talked about that walk and understood it. You know what I mean? And gets like, if Jed Fish could just sell Arizona as just a fun place to be, like, yeah. I think that would be, don't take it too seriously. Just, it's a blast and we can win a lot of football games. You can get drafted from here. Um, if you're good and we can, ha- we can do something. I, I think that there is something to it. And the fact that he, you know, his first class at Arizona was a top 25 class. The first time that that program has ever done that the year after they only signed one top 1000 player in an entire class, which is bonkers. It is obscenely bad. Um, I don't even know. I, I have to, I've been meaning for a long time to look that up of like how many times a power five school has signed and they, and they almost signed zero top 1000 players, but one of them got bumped up into the eight hundreds at the last, at that's, the last that, ranking. That's worse than Derek Dooley, not saying an offensive lineman in his final class at Tennessee. Yeah. I don't even know if that's how it's even possible, uh, but they figured out a way to do it. But then to turn around in one year, bring in some exciting transfers, get a fringe five-star receiver out of California um, and sign a top 25 class with a ton of talent in it. Like Arizona is an awesome place to go. Um, I don't know if their ceiling is quite as high as Arizona State's just because Tucson isn't Phoenix and Tempe. But, you know, and you're the you're the expert of this. The amount of talent that's starting to come out of Arizona now because of the population boom is insane. Like, I think it might be one of the, you know, five most underrated talent states in the country. Well, it's, so it, it's it's great for quarterbacks. It's not as it, it hasn't caught up as much in sheer numbers for other positions. The The quarterback numbers are off the charts because there, there's some hyper competitive high school football coaches there that run really fun offenses and you can obviously throw all the time down there. Yeah. So you, you can go there and find a quarterback. It has not necessarily been a place where you can one stop shop for everything else, but it's getting there. And I mean, look, what's what's the biggest play of last season? Keely Ringo's pick six in the national title game. Where's Keely Ringo from? Yep. Scottsdale. Yep. Like, yep. It, and like, He's I don't not a know. quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're probably 10, 15 years down the line before Arizona or Arizona State's getting that kid. Um, because like if you got Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama, oh, every, you know, everybody on earth want to keep You know, it's yeah. like it's hard, but like I do think that proximity to California, uh, the palm trees, the fun of it, you know, I do think that it's there are worse places to go. And if there are certain, you know, other schools, and I'm not going to disparage anybody, but there are probably a lot of other schools that finish way higher in the recruiting rankings that just aren't as good of a time. And, and, you know, if there are other schools that are are really, really good at football, I mean, I don't understand why Arizona couldn't be. So, you know, you know, at the very least, I don't think they should be the laughing stock of the Pac-12. So if their hope meter is they could win six games this year, maybe that's possible. So we got three teams in the Big Ten that need some hope. And two of them are in the West and one's in the East. So I, I do realize we're kind of grading on a curve here. But... I'm going to give you the three, and you tell me which you think should have the most hope this year. Northwestern, Nebraska, Indiana. Nebraska. Okay. Is it, is it just the math And I'm going to really regret it? this. It's, the, it's all math. Okay. It's just that if they played last season over a thousand times, it would not have turned out that way any of those any of the other 999 you know i don't know i mean they lost all those games and i think that it's not just like bad luck but i do think that um they have dudes on their team and if they were able to look in the mirror and you know understand why they lost in such excruciating ways kind of focus on those things and 
you know, the turnovers, the the stuff that well, put them and, in those they situations. They may have. They had some terrible special teams gaffes, and Michigan State was was an example of that. Yeah. They didn't have a dedicated special teams coach. We had we had Mitch Sherman, our Nebraska beat writer, on a few months ago, and, and he was talking about that. They do have a special teams coach now. Like, so maybe they have tried. Maybe Scott Frost has has tried to address the problems and ha- and has addressed them in a satisfactory way. I, I mean, don't know. It could be an eight-win team. It could be. It shouldn't be so ridiculous to think that they could win eight games in the Big Ten West. Eight eight games total, not eight not eight and one. Eight in games Big Ten total play. while yeah. playing in the Big Ten West, I think, is yes. a very reasonable thing to expect. I think it, I think that's an absolutely reasonable thing. Now they play Oklahoma in the non conference, so you you know you're, what you're asking is probably six win, but maybe they can beat Oklahoma. They, they played Oklahoma tough last year. It was the best game they played last year. Yeah, and they so, get them at home. So you're right. Northwestern's interesting to me because it's an even year. Like yeah. they just, it, it, we know Pat Fitzgerald can develop players. We we we've seen them. You know, we've seen you know, Christian Derisaw goes. You know, as a was he a first rounder or, or early second rounder? But you know, they, they they produce really good players at Northwestern. But they they have ebbs and flows, and so they had. I'm sorry, Derisaw's the Virginia. There's the Virginia Tech lineman. I'm 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 you're blanking talking about on Greg Newsom. Yes, yes, that's correct. Um, so, but they they go in the ebbs and flows, and it seems like they're on a track where the even years are the ones where they they have a little bit better because it talent. takes time to eval- It takes time yeah. to develop these guys, and that's the way that you know you kind of have to do it when you're at Northwestern. You don't ever create a situation where um, they're going to be uh, winning the Big Ten West every year because their roster simply isn't built that way. But if they've done a great job of knowing who they are and excelling with what they are and developing talent into their system and into their scheme and playing hard and defense first and all the things that Pat Fitzgerald stands for, then the reason why it seems like it's every other year is because it probably takes an off year in between to get things ironed out for the next crop of guys that are going to be starting for you. So you know, to me, it's just like Northwestern had a tough year last year and they needed a hopeless. But like Northwestern's made the Big Ten championship game multiple times in the last few years. And he was talking about Lester Lee just said Rashawn Slater. I thought you were just Rashawn Slater. Yes. yes thank you. Yes. That, that, Greg Newsom's it. another top. Yeah. Top I, end. Rashawn Slater and Derisaw were in the same draft class and, yeah. and I was I, I, I getting mixed up. But but they have yeah. guys and they do a very good job of developing them. And I think that you could make the case that, you know, outside of Nick Saban, who doesn't belong in any comparison conversations that like. Did Pat Fitzgerald get the most out of his program in terms of like eclipsing this or, or like getting near the ceiling than any other coach in college football? Yes, because it 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 would be like Duke going to the, the ACC championship game multiple times. I mean, Cutcliffe took him there once in in 2013, but they couldn't get him back there. Uh, it would be like Vandy going to the SEC championship game, and James Franklin did win nine games there two years in a row, but. They weren't going to win win the division, and yeah, it's and between him and Matt Campbell, basically, yeah. And, but and even Matt, Matt Campbell's, Campbell's kind of showing you exactly what it is. To, it's not. It's hard to be good every year. It is very at those hard. places. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think I believe in Pat Fitzgerald. Like I, I'm not giving up on him because they had a bad year last year, and and that's that would scare the hell out of me if I was Scott Frost. Like they're going yeah. to Dublin next week. Yeah. And Pat Fitzgerald's gonna be sitting there coming off a bad year. 
And Pat Fitzgerald rarely has two bad years in a row. It's like, which one's the, the when you say which one's the highest hope meter, I mean, like Northwestern is absolutely the more stable program. And I know right. they had a tough year last year, but they are the more stable program. Like North, like Northwestern, I, I feel like they'll be good again. They are like, the, they, remember, they are the one Big Ten team that Nebraska beat last year, and they beat them by a lot. Yes. But it, uh, that, fa- that game absolutely fascinates me because it's probably not going to be the prettiest game in the world. But we are going, if, if Northwestern wins that game, we are going to just be off the reservation. You've seen in terms uh, of, of Frost. National Lampoon's vacation, obviously, right? Absolutely. You know when Clark uh, drives the car off the road uh, in the Grand Canyon area yes. and then takes it to that that uh, mechanic to get it fixed, and then they drive away after he gets like kind of taken for all he's got, and then the wheels are like, you know, remember the wheels are like kind of like lopsided? Oh, yeah. yes. That's what I feel like it looks like when Nebraska's driving. <laughs> yeah, and, and they have to, I mean, they have to come out of the chute. Because remember, the buyout drops October, after the Indiana game. October 1st. So we'll know by I, then, I think. We we will know. And we said that so last year though. That's true. We said we we had him fired after the Illinois game. Like we were like, this is done. This is there's no shot here. Yeah. yeah but they did play hard in a lot of those games. And you know, if you want to say bad break, math will even out, it'll equate. But like I don't know. I think we're at the point of the Scott Frost era where where it doesn't matter what it looks like. If the wheels fall off of the Clark Griswold yeah, and it, car. It doesn't matter why either. Why if, if or it's, how if or it's whatever. bad luck, it doesn't it. matter. Because yeah. I, I think our, our friend Bill Connolly from ESPN put it very well where if bad luck keeps happening to you, it might just be you. So, That's right. When does it stop being a coincidence? Bobby Wasserman. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. We need to print those T-shirts. I'm going to start. Yeah, I'll get a shirt that says, when does it if, stop being a coincidence? But there's some profanity in the middle of it. But yes. If Northwestern wins, we're going to have to print those shirts. I'll have I'll call him and I'll have him just do a, a reenactment of it. Yes. Yeah. If Northwestern wins, we are we are printing. Yes, we will reenact it on the podcast and then print the shirts. You have either dented, scratched, wrecked, damaged, or destroyed every single car that I've had. When does it stop being a bleep coincidence? It's beautiful. <laughs> you have lost in every way imaginable. When you have given up a punt return. You have fumbled in the end zone. You have fumbled at the 50 and let it be returned for a touchdown. When does it stop being a beep coincidence? <laughs> it's it's just pure grab ass. That's all that is. And they I love cut, it. And can like it's like I think the entire offseason motto should be cut out the grab ass. Like, can you do that? And then, like, that's if you an, can do that's that, another then, T-shirt, Ari. You're yeah. just a machine. Yeah. I mean, we got to get like ass on the back, you know, like right over here, and then have all yeah. of our mottos. Yes, cut out the grab ass. I, I love it. All right. I mentioned Indiana. I do think they have a chance to be better this year as well. I am. This is me putting a lot of eggs in the Connor Bazelak basket, and I realize he has not even won the job over Jack Tuttle. But I thought Connor Bazelak as a freshman at Missouri looked like he could be a pro prospect in the making. Yeah. Last year, he's fighting through injuries. He couldn't move. He did. He wasn't the same guy. So if he is that guy, he's got Walt Bell calling the plays now. Now, Walt Bell got fired at UMass because he... T- you know why Walt Bell got fired at UMass? Because he took the head coaching job at UMass. Yeah. And you take that head coaching job to get fired eventually. Yeah, so, it's, it's, a good, it's a good financial play. Yeah. Walt, Walt Bell is, you know, has accomplished some things as a play caller the defensive play caller 
I have even more faith in because it's Tom Allen. He's going to call the defense again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like crazy. College football is just like, oh, Adrian Martinez is the starting quarterback at Kansas State this year. It's like all these names and people that have accomplished at other places are at are suddenly at new places and they have a lot of potential. Yeah. And if things don't go the right way, I do believe that like if you want to talk about like hope across the board, like teams that had no chance of getting a quarterback in the past can get a quarterback now. Well, K-State not only has Adrian Martinez, they got the the guy coming in in the class of 2023 is a top 10 yeah, National and they also signed Jake Rubley a few years ago, too, who was a top 200 player, I think. Well, and in and, and Kansas, you can do NIL deals in high school. So it behooves yeah. those guys to to stay local because you can yeah. make some dough, I would think. It's not just Kansas State, though. It's everybody. It's like, oh, Arizona State's got Emory Jones. LSU's got Jaden Daniels. Like, yeah. The list goes on and on and on. You got Basilac over here at Indiana. It's like, which... And like you know what I know that a- know, a- Avery Johnson, who has tremendous hair, by the way. Oh yeah, the, and he's the not there yet, right? But he was he was awesome at the Elite Eleven. So you know they've got some dudes going there too. So it's like this isn't a Kansas State discussion. It's just like a reminder that like you know if you're in the Big Ten West outside of Wisconsin, I don't know that you're you're a team that you know who am I forgetting that that can be good every single year, year in and year out. But like every single year is a new year, especially when you can flip oh, your roster. Well, the the Big Ten West this year especially. We don't know what Nebraska's going to be, but we think Minnesota's going to be pretty good. We think Purdue's going to be pretty decent. Now, they, yeah. they lost probably their two best players, but they bring back a very good quarterback. If Northwestern is better, Wisconsin and, and Iowa, we have faith in being good just about every year or, or above yeah. average. Iowa's so, the one I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. There, there, hope abounds there. But, Ari, something else happened on Monday that gave me hope for humanity. It's a photo I saw on Twitter. Here it is. Oh, wow. This is a photo of someone who got some hot, piping hot breadsticks from the Olive Garden, sliced a hole in the middle of one of them, and put a hot dog in it. This person is a genius. And I also love that it's just one one line of, of mustard there. Well, I think you could do this, the, the Chicago dog dressing. You could put some Gardnera. Is it Gard? Do you pronounce that Gardnera? The, yeah, the pickled I think that's vegetables. The way. You would, know. yeah. But this is brilliant. This is this looks so amazing. You are, and I you are, don't you know are, why I never thought of this. You a ketchup on a hot dog guy? Because I am, and I'm, and I get angry when people give me shit for it. I'm not a only ketchup on a hot dog, but ketchup with mustard is fine with me. I don't now, understand why people get so wound up about putting just mustard on, on a chili dog, though. You you kind of tormented me a little bit um, with Landis by making fun of me for dipping my chicken fingers in Ann Arbor into ketchup. It's like, is yeah, that like I, the number one dipping sauce? Like what? It is. It's not what I choose for chicken fingers, though. I, I for but 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 it is what I choose for f- like Long John Silver's fried fish. So it, I'm like, just as I guilty do as it you. all. Yeah, I, mean, I am I just as ca- guilty as you. I think ketchup is the best condiment, but this would be, and I don't know when it happened, but hot dogs are not glizzies. Everybody calls them glizzies. That's a glizzy bun. It's I, I'm olive, not cool enough to know that. Yeah, you sh- it's everybody calls them glizzies now, and that's a that's an Olive Garden breadstick glizzy bun. Is what I, you're looking I'm, at right there. I'm got, we got to try this. So when we do our little tour, maybe we just do this. <laughs> just maybe do we it, buy yeah. buy a pack of hot dogs. <laughs> maybe we get some roller grill hot dogs. Yeah, you're gonna have to from, leave your Lose It app off your phone for that week from the gap. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> hot dogs aren't that bad. Roller Girl hot dogs have been entered into the Lose It app a solid dozen times. 
Interesting. As as this body transformation has happened. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't take you for a roller food guy. I like the roller food egg rolls. See that you can't. Okay, that's not what you're putting in. Lose it. You, I know. It, I know. Well, I you know. can, but it won't pull you up. Yeah, yeah. No. I know. I know. I just in the in the roller grill um, taquitos that are stuffed with cheese and mozzarella. I mean yeah, mozzarella well, cheese. So what we do is is we find a we find an Olive Garden that's near like a Wawa or or a oh, Bucky's yeah. or something like that, and yeah. we get a just a giant bag of breadsticks and and there's fo- there's a foil line bag so this is this is yeah. made to travel and then we just hit the roller grill and load up on franks yes and just and we them. go to yeah. town yeah i mean when you're there you're family so i mean I, i'm excited to uh to experience experience that with you and you know for sure like when you're creative and uh you know you could be i wonder what how many calories are in an olive garden breadstick well, let's find out. Let's Ari. find out. Olive. This is great pod right here. How many? Look, They're two all guys waiting Googling on the edge of their seats, too. Actually, Ari, tell me what else is in your Google history while I look this up. Oh, okay. Let me see if I can do this. Oh, there's a bunch of stuff from the podcast, unfortunately, this time. Darn it. I, I'm going to have to take a screenshot before because I Google stuff during the podcast. Miles Brennan, Jane oh, yeah, Daniels, Will Campbell. Counts. Yeah, that doesn't count. I got to. Um, oh. 140 calories. Yeah, if you get so it without get, the butter garlic topping, it's 120. So you can have, you can, well, why don't you buy a car without tires on it? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> why would they even have that as an option? If you are a person that's been to Olive Garden and doesn't get the topping on it, then just like, I, I didn't know it was possible to get it without it. So I, I, <laughs> that's I am only not, if you get the best part on it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> omitting that. Yeah. Um, so you get a uh, 150 calorie glizzy. You get you get one spick. You get three or four, depending on on where you're at. Four glizzies for a thousand calories. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good meal right there. If you yeah, got a yeah. good workout, yeah, you're you got a right. good workout in. Have a salad for lunch and then toss a few glizzies down the gullet on the way home. It makes me uncomfortable hearing you call them glizzies. Google it; it's a thing. I, I'm aware it's a thing, but why is it a thing? And and you don't have to follow it just because it's a thing. Oh, I I love the word. Uh, there's something called the Glizzy Garden. Just look it up. It's just a bunch of hot dogs in the field. Ter- it was originally a slang term for gun in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Yeah. Huh. The length of a hot dog is similar to the extended clip of a gun. <laughs> and that is why they call it a Glizzy. That is going That is going way too far oh, with your analogy. I didn't know that. You learned, I taught you what Glizzy meant. You explained to me why they call it Glizzy. And I, that I don't is know if working that's a- way too hard to get there. Way <laughs> too funny. hard. That's a funny right. reason. Okay. Ari, we're going to try this when next we are together. It's going to happen. I will not call it a glizzy. We'll come up with a name for it, like stick dogs or something, but we're not calling it glizzy. It's the all of glizzy. That's what I'm calling it. I, I'm going to leave this to the listeners to come up with a better name. That's your challenge. Figure out a better name for this. It, it, it can't be that. It, it just can't be a glizzy. I can't hear Ari use that word over and over again. <laughs> just wrong. Ari, it's been a pleasure. We're gonna have some uh, some stick dogs, some olive gardeneras. I don't know something. We'll come up with something. We'll talk to you later.